Good morning, LL Nation. What's good with it? Lucky Lucky Podcast. I'm you guys. Ron Davis and SD2 Mics. Started a little late. I had to uh, hop on, do some things over at the uh, Worldwide Leader of Sports right quick. So I had to handle that. But we are in effect. We gave you two for one yesterday. <laughs> late last night, the, the commitment of CJ Williams popped up on us. And we're like, yo, let's talk about it. We had comments coming in even after we finished the show. So I want to get to some of those comments because hot take is not even a word I can apply to them. Like people are really upset. And just to reiterate, we are always brought to you and featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. So, C.J. Williams decommits, right? And um, everybody's in the uproar last night. And we did a full show on what's wrong with the wide receiver room at Notre Dame. Right. We went back to, like, 2018 and talked about recruiting, retention, and development. What's wrong? And we dug deep into the connective tissue between the quarterback room at Notre Dame, the wide receiver room at Notre Dame, and how if you compare both of those to the similar rooms with Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, Notre Dame has some work to do. Notre Dame has some work to do. Now, I would venture to say that Georgia – has been able to recruit big-time quarterbacks, but they have not been able to retain those big-time quarterbacks. And that's that falls on the head of Kirby Smart and his philosophy and style of play. Now with Marcus Freeman, it's going to be very interesting to see what Tommy Reese does to establish his philosophy and his style of play at Notre Dame because it's going to go a long way to changing the narrative about both of those rooms on the recruiting trail. So my question is, and, you know, we thank everybody. We're going to give the results of our LL Nation poll that we have on the Lucky Lefty podcast YouTube channel. We'll get those results a little bit later. Uh, the question was, who will have the breakout game? Who will have the breakout game in the Fiesta Bowl? Those options were Lorenzo Styles Jr., Logan Diggs, Ramon Henderson on the other side of the ball, or Tyler Buckner, and then you had another option for other. So, we'll yeah, get to I that. Mean, yeah, I mean, you got some got some good things coming up, especially on signing Eve. It's just an exciting time, yeah, uh, especially for Marcus Freeman to go in here and try to snatch up some of those receivers with some of the fall off with CJ. I think it's a it's a good sign for things to come on signing day. Maybe we snatch a top receiver last minute, but, you know, the spots open up. It's a top five program in the country. It's definitely somebody that wants to fill that role. I don't mind it to be a transfer either. It could be a transfer. Someone last night said, you know, look, Will Fuller was one of those guys that we got late, you know, in the game. And you personally, you know, you personally recruited, hosted Will Fuller. Shout out to his mom, his dad. They were there. (laughs) 
So what was that like, man? What was yeah, you tell me the situation. Was Will like one of those guys that were like, yo, we really have to get this dude, like, we really need him, or was it kind of just like a normal recruiting visit? Man, it was a normal recruiting visit. Uh Will wasn't a five star at that time. And you know, he's not a talkative person as much either. So, you know, getting getting connected with him and, and kind of just trying to convince him that this was the right place. I don't think uh the other recruiting players, uh, recruited players for the school was as active as we were. So maybe that was a, the tipping point for him. Uh, it made him feel like he was at home. And, uh, you know, that's something that was special about our class in particular yeah. is that a lot of the commitments, the early commitments like myself, you know, Devin Butler, James Anawalu, we really had a heavy hand in recruiting some of these guys that, end up being in our class, but it really started with us. There's so many fans now, man. It feels like the uh the honeymoon is uh the honeymoon really will be over, in my opinion, the day after the Ohio State game. Yeah. Like that's when the honeymoon will be over. And the honeymoon's gonna go throughout. And I know a lot of people don't like the trend of you know the decommitment of CJ Williams and what's going on with recruiting. We have to remember this isn't Marcus Freeman's class. Right. This, this not is his, not his boys. Yeah, these are not his boys. This is Brian Kelly's class. And Brian Kelly, look, from the intel and the news that's come out days after he decided to go to LSU, he really tried to cripple Notre Dame. He tried to cripple Notre Dame. He tried to cripple this class. And you have to feel happy if Notre Dame can hold on to the 22 guys they have on the board right now. Ultimately, even with the decommitment to this is a pretty good class. Devin Moore and CJ Williams, you still have to be happy with this class, ranked fifth or sixth nationally, depending upon publications. That's a good class. It's a good class to be proud of. I think it's a good class to build off of for Marcus Freeman to kind of see the the flavor of what Notre Dame was bringing in and then add to it. I just think this is a dish that's unfinished. And Marcus Freeman being the sous chef coming in late, he's like, you got to be the LeBron James of the of the kitchen. You got to be able to mix and match and put all these different concoctions together. Maybe onion and chocolate go together. Maybe that's something he's got to put, you got to figure out, you know, and maybe that onion and chocolate's in his class. Yeah. But moving forward, I think he's going to get his right ingredients that he wants to make the meal that we deserve to get there. As we said before, this is not his class. You know, we'll have to see this fall, this spring, the open that they have, the uh, Irish invasion. We'll start to see Marcus Freeman, his influence on recruiting and his philosophy. We, you know, we, we expect that his philosophy will be a little bit different. You know, you have Brian Kelly and Brian Polian really running everything. Marcus Freeman brought his guys, a few of his guys with him to recruit defensively. They're in the office. They're used to getting things done. So I think they're really going to hit the ground rolling. And I truly believe, I'll say this again, with the addition of Justin Rett this weekend from Bishop Gorman, Christian Gray, who was a heavy lean in Notre Dame out of St. Louis, who I love his tape. Let me tell you something. The way the class of 23 defense is looking, it really is about Dante Moore. I'm going to be honest. The way they've established the defensive side and the guys that Mike Elston is recruiting out of the D.C. area, 
those four beasts on the defensive line, we talk about Jason Moore, Nicholas Harbor, Neil Avery, and Devin Houston. If he gets two of those guys, this defensive class might be the best defensive class ever at Notre Dame. And that's that's even going back to when we got Aaron Lynch and you got Stefan to it. That's but right. I mean, this is a, a heavily focused defensive class, and it, you like it because they're super rangy and versatile. Yeah, a lot of these guys in this class can play multiple spots. They're long limb athletes, and they move side to side. And that, that's something we talked about in the season was our side to sideline speed. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting a lot more guys that look like Kyle Hamilton than they do Drew White. And I think that's just the mentality of the defense is we're being more aggressive. We're going to fly yeah. around and we're going to have a, a, a more physical defense. And I think that's been established and it's been big, it's, it's been building to be established through the years. I mean, you know, you got the previous defensive coordinators and Clark Lee, uh, who's who had a similar style of defense, you know, bend but don't break, but very physical. Marcus Freeman building on top of that. And I just think it all fits together in, in the scheme of how defense is going to keep us in a lot of these games. And it's why it's made us a top program over the last decade. Now, like you said, Dante Moore completes a list like this because when you get a bona fide quarterback in the, in the recruiting class, it solidifies a lot of the recruitment that you have to do for other parts of that offense. Defense is a little different because it's almost every man for himself. But when you can get a foundational quarterback like a Dante or a top five quarterback in the country, that's like honey to flies. It's going to attract a lot of guys on the offensive side of the football, even offensive linemen, and it's going to make it a a better recruiting class for you. So as a defensive head coach, Marcus Freeman definitely has to be on top of landing a superstar athlete or quarterback in a Dante Moore or something else out there. Let me ask you this question before we get to some of the comments and questions this morning. And we want you guys to answer this. Out of the 22 commitments that we look forward to receiving signed letters of intent tomorrow, who's your favorite recruit in this class? Who is I like Drake Bowden. I think, I think him holding down that middle linebacker spot for these next three, four years. But Drake is 23. Oh, he's 23? Yeah, okay, Drake's okay, 23. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got me hyped, you know. Yeah, you got me yeah, hyped, though. Man, you love hyped. that dude. You love that dude. You want him to report early and reclassify the 22. Uh, no, I will give you some time because we'll get to it. I yeah, just okay. I, gotta get to it, I was settled with Drake. I was like, yeah, Drake's our guy. <laughs> yeah, set, settle in. Let us know who your favorite recruit from the 2022 class is. And then check in, as always. Let us know where you're hitting us up from and following us from. Uh, let's see. Let's start with this, bro. Drum Vigo, not a good start for Tommy Boy losing C.J. Williams. Uh, we go more in depth on last night's podcast with that. Uh, but the good thing thoughts. about it, though, the good thing about it, though, is that it just started. So even though you started off slow, it just started. So we haven't, yeah. even, like you said, this is signing day eve. We don't know who we might pop out with on the other end of it. But, you know, obviously losing a guy like C.J. is – it doesn't look good on the outside, but as we talked about, we want guys that want to be here. So if you don't want to be here, that's better for us in the long run. And you have to look forward. As I said before, the wide receiver position looks really good for 2023. Malik Elzey out of Simeon Vocational High School here in Chicago. 
you know, they produce players on the football side as well. We know the historical impact of basketball coming from that program. Malik Elzey, 6'1", 4'3", speed, elusive, great in the return game, very explosive. And people don't realize, even though he's at IMG, Carnell Tate, heavy lean in Notre Dame as well, is coming down between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Well, guess what? Carnell Tate, he's a Chicago boy. He went to Mayor's High School before he left and went to IMG. And those are two guys that won't have the problem or mindset of a C.J. Williams. Like, C.J. Williams goes to modern day, right? If I'm not mistaken, like two or three of the, the coaches in modern day are USC alums. It's been a factory for – yo, it's been a factory for USC. It's been a huge factor. And in, in modern day in that pipeline, is only going to strengthen with a Lincoln Riley out of USC, a Chip yeah. Kelly out of UCLA. So those those recruits are starting to look heavily back into the USC and and UCLA rivalry kind of thing, and they they love staying at home. And anytime you know it started like that for Ohio State, Ohio State had Jim Trestle. They got a couple big uh, recruits with a Terrell Pryor and a, and a Braxton Miller, guys that were superstars of that class that were hometown sort of guys, Midwest guys, and end up attracting what it became into. Be Ohio State that we see today. So it was it was even going before Urban got there. That Glenville class with Ted Ginn, all those boys coming in as a locally uh, Midwest strong power hole. It, it proved to, it proved to benefit them as the decades went on. Something that you don't get to see quite often right now in terms of building a superpower. Now the superpower teams are built nationally. You got an Alabama, you got a Clemson, Ohio State now, but we. Well, we have to go back to doing what made us great in the beginning, and that's getting a strong power hold on local Midwest recruits, and then it mm-hmm. comes to get the fluff and the superstars after that. That's right. It goes to not letting Drake Bowen lead the state. Like, no, there's no way we're letting you go to the SEC. We got to keep you home. We got to get these kids from Illinois. We got to continue to go get kids from St. Louis because we're putting one in the NFL this year, Kyron Williams. So that's our pipeline and start that St. Louis pipeline. And then let's go out to the East Coast. Mike Elston is on top, the four top defensive guys out there, two defensive tackles, two defensive ends in the D.C. area. That's a, that's your pipeline. Establish that philosophy. If you have a good head coach and a good situation at USC, Long Beach Poly, De La Salle, and modern day, you're not getting anybody out of there. You, you, you probably not. You probably no. not. And I, and I think it'll start when Notre Dame turns into a national, uh, you know, we're beating those Alabama teams. We're beating yeah. Ohio State this year coming up. Once they see the product on the field give us results, I think that'll change the tide for getting some of the recruits that are in the strongholds of the USC, the strongholds of Alabama. So getting the Long Beach Poly kids right now, the modern day kids, it's a stretch. They got to love Notre Dame. They got to really be one of those different type of kids. But for us, like I said, I think what we hit on yesterday was that local recruiting fits Notre Dame for our schedule because of the cold and just what we go from a size comparison to other teams we play. And I think Marcus Freeman coming from Ohio, coming from that area, building up a program like Cincinnati, he knows how to get kids that may, that may be overlooked or underlooked and bringing them in and developing them the right way. I mean, Cincinnati is definitely something that he seeded, and it became to be something that ended up beating Notre Dame, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's a good trend for something in the future. 
Yeah, so let's get to another comment. I know you go handle something right quick. And Malik's about to handle something right quick. In my opinion, Dell is leftover BK baggage that has to go. Transfers and undeveloped wide receivers are his hallmark. He's the issue. I'll go a, little fur- a step further. Brian Kelly didn't require his, um, you know, Mike Elston, guys like that, beast on the recruiting trail. When your head coach doesn't hold the, the staff accountable in recruiting, that's the biggest problem. Number one, because your head coach needs to be the star recruiter. He needs to be that point guy. He needs to be the closer. Even if he's not the best recruiter, he needs to be surrounded by those that are better than him, but he needs to be the one that walks into that final home visit and closes the deal. He needs to be the best closer in the game. And the closer on a baseball team is not necessarily the best pitcher, but he's the best one equipped for the most important uh, situation, which is the last three outs of any game, which is the hardest three outs to get within a game. You know, so he might not be the starter that can go seven to eight shutout. But guess what? He's the only one that can handle that situation the best way that it needs to be handled. And that's what your head coach needs to be. He needs to be the closer when it comes to recruiting. I don't think Brian Kelly was the best closer. And in doing so, I don't think he held his coaches accountable and made them responsible and put their feet to the fire to do the best that they can. So. I see a comment there. We just got Notre Dame will always be bigger than any one recruit. That's not the question. And that's not what we're really talking about. Look, the philosophy moving forward under Marcus Freeman and the building out of his coaching staff. I know we're worried about January 1st and we want Notre Dame to win, but the true legwork for the future of the Notre Dame program will come on start or start on January 2nd. When Marcus Freeman starts to build out that staff, which will impact recruiting and then begins to implement his philosophy in recruiting and the kids that come in for the Irish invasion and how things change with the spring game and how things change with the alums, that is when you'll see the impact. And ultimately, the culmination of that is, like Malik just said, Nothing bigger than walking into Ohio State and winning the first game. Like, you want to get recruiting off to a great start and finish 2023 and and jumpstart 2024 from a recruiting standpoint? Walk into the horseshoe, bang on Ohio State, get the W, and watch everything start popping. Everything. Because we can talk about philosophy. We can talk about speeches, Marcus Freeman, who he is, Tommy Rees. Win games, win games, the big games especially. Start winning the big games and watch the recruiting at Notre Dame pick up. Let's get to some more of your comments here. (laughs) Matt, 2011 GT, I don't think he does, but he's he's definitely excited. Alex B, I'm going to save yours for um, Alex B. Marcus Freeman already reached out to Brian Hartline about the wide receiver position. He's clearly signaled he's ready to move on from Dell. Absolutely. And we talked about this. I'll reiterate because this is very important. Um, Jason Lockenfor broke a story 
Sunday afternoon, right before the Bears-Packers game on Sunday Night Football. And Jason Lockenford said that Trace Armstrong, who is the point man for Ryan Day, Brian Kelly, um, Jimbo Fisher, and I forget his son, and Lincoln Riley, if I'm not mistaken, they're all CAA uh, clients. He's second in command on the Jim Sexton and CAA. He say, well, what does that mean? Well, he also is a nine-year NFL veteran of the Chicago Bears, very close to the McCaskies, has always had a great relationship with the McCaskies, and he was the first-round pick of the Chicago Bears out of Florida. Rumors have been swirling, and the story was put out and reported on Sunday that Trace Armstrong is going to be possibly the football operations guy, president football operations, or general manager for the Chicago Bears at the end of the season. The Bears are going to make that change, get rid of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Well, how does that impact Brian Hartline? In that story, Jason Lockenford also said that Trace Armstrong will more than likely be bringing Ryan Day with him. Now, we already know the connection between Ryan Day and Justin Fields. Justin Fields being the quarterback, rookie quarterback for the Chicago Bears. This is the story that Jason Lockenford put up. Now, Trace Armstrong immediately came out and denied that he had had any talks with the Chicago Bears. He had to do that, right? Because Matt Nagy is his client. So it's not good to have a story about you bringing your client with you to replace another one of your clients and Matt Nagy, who's still the head coach. So. Well, man, we totally understand. I totally understand why Trace Armstrong did what he did. But the story came out, but in Chicago circles, it had already been put out there. You know, ESPN 1000's Tom Waddle had mentioned Trace Armstrong before. You know, he played with Trace Armstrong uh, on the Chicago Bears, and he put that out there about a month ago. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And if Ryan Day indeed leaves to go to Ohio State, the only way that Brian Hartline was going to move to Notre Dame to join the staff under Marcus Freeman is if he got the OC job, right? Tommy Reese is the OC. So, you know, to make a unilateral move from Ohio State to take the same position at Notre Dame doesn't make sense, especially if Ryan Day is there. But if Ryan Day leaves, then quite possibly all bets might be off you might be able to get Brian Hartline to make that move. And he still, because he's an Ohio State alum, he might stick around and see who would take over. But I just thought I would let you guys know about that very interesting story and a set of dominoes that could fall um, surrounding the Chicago Bears, Trace Armstrong and Ryan Day, and how that might impact Notre Dame down the line if indeed a move is made and Brian Hartline becomes available. Or once again, Marcus Freeman comes calling. Because um, you would think that Luke Fickle would be the next guy to go ahead and go to Ohio State if that indeed does happen. And once again, that's a conversation that Brian Hartline would have to have with Luke Fickle. He played with Marcus Freeman. That's his guy. But Luke Fickle is an Ohio State guy. And more than likely, he still would be a lean to Ohio State. But you never know. Those conversations might pick up between him and Marcus Freeman. Uh, once again.
Let's see. Christopher Galloway, is there another receiver out there that we were looking at for this class? Now, someone mentioned Xavier Bradshaw, whether or not they would get back in on him. Uh, he just picked up an offer from the new coaching staff at Virginia Tech recently. He's a Virginia kid, explosive. He's a smaller receiver. Uh, love his tape. Like, if you go watch his tape, it's nothing to uh, dislike. There were some issues. Uh, not sure exactly what it was, but there might have been some issues with him as far as uh, admission. And that's why, you know, Brian Kelly and the staff backed off. So they might be able to reconnect with the young man. And if he's done his work in the classroom, he can get back into the class and they can bring him in. He would be a great addition. Great addition. Uh, Totally different from Tobias Merriweather, who's a big guy. Typical, you know, big Notre Dame receiver that can run, go up and get the 50-50 balls. So, hey, bro, we were just talking about uh, getting in on, which goes back to Will Fuller coming in late in that class, getting in on other wide receivers late. Do you think they should take that, waste the scholarship to go get a guy just to feel especially with the transfer portal the way it is now. Yeah, I think like I like a little bit what we talked about yesterday, using that transfer portal like a LSU, like one of these top schools, uh Ohio State, you know, these Bamas that are using these one time recruits. I mean, we did a little bit with Jack Cohen. The Jack Cohen experience I think went great. I think you can evaluate that as a great pickup in the transfer portal. It was something that was needed. It was in a position of uh, concern and uncertainty, and and we chose right. I mean, Jack, I couldn't, I wouldn't say Jack didn't do his job. Jack did a great job filling in for a year behind that position. So I think he could work for a receiver even greater. There's definitely transfers happening every day, and for Marcus Freeman that probably can't think about, I want to develop a guy that just leaves. He probably say, okay. Let's go get a guy that's out there right now that can play and win right now. I think that's what he's looking to do is to build a team to win right now. And a transfer portal helps that. Uh, getting a guy like C.J. Williams to be at a five-star and as great as he is, yeah, that'll help. But could that win right now compared to a guy that's transferring from Iowa State or a, a guy that's transferring from a Baylor or something that's a good receiver? I think it's equatable for the, for the, the time now. But we'll see how it moves forward. I definitely think they should invest a little bit into it. Look, I'm all for if they go out and get like uh, Taj Harris from Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> he ended the portal like over the weekend. Like a guy like that, you know, coming from Syracuse, more than likely he's good in the classroom coming from Syracuse. But do you think the classroom thing at this point really is is a deterrent for a lot of these kids? Do you think that the the classroom work at Notre Dame is too hard? I don't personally believe so. I I think it's always used by other schools, you know, to negative recruit. I think it's kind of disrespectful in a sense because I think kids now are much better. You know what I'm saying? Like we, yeah, I think they're much better. I don't think. of the jock or the yeah. athlete. Like, most kids aren't like that, you know. That's a crazy narrative to even have as a school that your school is too smart for some of these kids. I think some of the best players are some of the smartest players, you know. So, 
for sure. I don't think that's a narrative that that should be attached to it as a negative. Anything we want to encourage having smart football players because that does stem to have pretty good teams. Yeah, we do have some news. Quinn Ewers, we knew he uh, entered the transfer portal. He decided on Texas. Uh, your guy from uh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, your boy Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattle in South Carolina is a pretty good move. You know, he went to South Carolina, and he took his tight end with him. And took his tight end. That's the Austin fact. Stolner, we're from Oklahoma, went right with Spencer Rattler. So we talk about that connective tissue between quarterback and receivers and tight ends. Like, he went right to South Carolina with them. So, as I said before, Taj Harris. Taj Harris would be a nice move. Like, that's a receiver I can see going and grab him, grabbing him and saving, you know, that extra scholarship for the 2023 class where you can go get the guy that you want, your philosophy, and get guys that fit what you want to do. You already, as I said, Malik Elzey out of Chicago and Carnell Tate. Those two guys, heavy leans, they could sign early with Notre Dame tomorrow. They could wait, but it looks like both of those guys more than likely will be signing with Notre Dame. And those are great pieces too. You really can't miss with, with guys that are built like that. They got the speed. It's really about how does Tommy use them. You yeah. know, it's one thing to get a lot of great recruits, which we've done over the years. We've got a lot of great recruits. But how is the offensive coordinator going to use them? I think Tommy, the benefit that he also has is that I think he's going to be in a position where he's comfortable enough where he doesn't have to listen to too many voices moving forward, at least for the first couple of years. I think Marcus Freeman will allow him to do his thing uh, with a free mind, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be able to install the things that maybe were reserved with other coaches that were in, the, in on the game plan as well. Yo, we also saw Dylan Gabriel transfer from Central Florida out to UCLA, and then yesterday, Keaton Slovis put his name in the transfer portal. Like he, he knows, he knows it's wildfire because wasn't Slovis a top pick? Yeah. So we was talking about him during the season and being a potential NFL guy, and now he's transferring. That's got to be bad for the draft stuff. Yeah, so the transfer portal is only going to get worse. Like, this is the <laughs> it's just started. Once bowl season is over, man, it's going to be thick up in there. It's gonna you be think thick. DJ would transfer? I think we would pick up a DJ if he if he decided to leave Clemson. No, I, it, I don't think he'll transfer. I, I mean, Cade is coming. He knows Cade is coming. He has to know Cade is coming because they he tell knows him. Cade is coming. But I don't see him. I don't see him transferring. Not before the season. Now you know. Once Cade takes over, then hey, <laughs> then hey, the best man wins. <laughs> you know. But, no, I don't see him transferring before the season. I really but don't. We also got to speak to what the college football landscape is right now. Like, what are making guys leave? Is it is it something in the relationship with the coach that needs to be addressed? Because I feel like now coaches got to start coaching for real. You know, you can't just sit, sit on good players anymore. I think you got to really start coaching and getting guys better, which in turn goes back to Dell Alexander. Yeah. How is he developing these guys? that make them want to stay. That retention is 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 really at a premium. Now that guys can leave at the drop of a hat, you know. Yeah, because if I'm a head coach, 
I'm letting my wide receiver coach know, like, yo, these kids have to be ready to play this year. Yeah, freshmen, true freshmen, got to be ready to play if we need them. Got to. I need to get them on the field this year, not just for us to have the ability to win, but for us to be able to keep them <laughs> and for other recruits to see if I go to Notre Dame, I'm going to get an opportunity early. Yeah, I got to be out there at least a couple quarters. A player to give me a, a Tyler Buckner package or anything. Oh, we're playing Toledo. I can't get a couple of snaps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh Toledo was close. We gotta say uh... it doesn't matter. <laughs> two snaps, you know the two snaps to Lorenzo Styles Jr. Oh yeah, two yeah reverse in a in a deep shot and a bubble in a bubble screen in a bubble. Wouldn't have changed. It would have been a close game regardless. A close game regardless. He probably would have made the difference. He might have made a difference and broke it. <laughs> you never know. But you got him sitting on the sideline. You know, that's that type of stuff. That's the narrative and the philosophy that has to change. That's the visual that has to change for kids to see that Notre Dame is a place, an attractive place to go outside of, of course, recruiting a big-time quarterback that they can watch and want to play with. Yeah, nowadays you damn near if you're not if the 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 most you getting out of a, a top tier quarterback to sit is a year. That's your that's your timeline. And if it's under if it's over that year, he's leaving. Yeah. And I think we've seen good examples of guys being able to uh Alabama has shown a, a great process of a guy that develops and a guy that needs to play right now. I think what they did with Mac Jones was perfect. He was a guy that bought in, developed over three years. Yeah. And then you got a guy like Tua that needed to play right now, and they played him. And they, and they both end up winning championships. Yeah, Michael Johnson, we appreciate you. Great show, guys, as always, on the conference hall, so I can't stay long. Hey, we appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Keegan McLaughlin. They are going to look at receivers and offensive guys that never would have offered under BK because they didn't have the traits that fit the negative narrative. Offensive recruiting will explode. Well, Keegan, uh, man, I hope you're right. I'm just looking forward to the philosophy. You're right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the change philosophy. And the biggest thing is to beat Ohio State. You want you want recruiting to explode? Beat Ohio State. Walk into the horseshoe, game one of 2023 or 2022, and put that L on Ohio State. You got to. I mean, that's that's the premium. I mean, first Oklahoma State, because that's still a good team. I, I hate to try to not look past it, but that's a great way to set that motion that we're going to win going into next year as we win this week. I mean, yeah. win this bowl game. But Ohio State is 100% the, the pressure cooker already. You know, I know they're going to give him some slack because it's his first game. But then again, no, he's not. It's still a top five program going against a team that's considerably one of the best. And we feel like we should go win this game. You know, I think we, if anything, we're within three points if we're betting. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I, they, I think they're going to give Ohio State three. Yeah, let's see. Notre Dame, two, one, six, four. USC is currently ranked 102nd in the nation on 247 Sports for the 2022 football recruiting cycle. What? that They, they won't stay there. Yeah, I think they'll drop pretty fast. They're going to jump up real fast because they're about to come in and snake a lot of kids that were committed elsewhere that will more than likely decommit and commit to USC. As we said before, USC, USC has no excuse for not being 
you have to have a really bad coach not to have talent at USC. Oh, well, really bad administration. How yeah. is the culture not good enough to bring a good coach or, or absolutely make it not fun enough for kids to want to come? I guess absolutely I because look, the quarterback crop in California every year is like is bananas, right? You had two California uh, quarterbacks sitting in front of the Heisman last last Saturday night. The furthest away from California schools. You know what I mean? One in Alabama, one in Ohio State. And they at the heart of California. One was at modern day, one was at Rancho Cucamonga. So right. They right, right there yeah. and, and they skipped right over USC and UCLA. It's crazy. Yeah, one was out there with Day Day. Rancho. Day Day then gave him some good advice. Man, you gotta <laughs> take your ass and go ahead and go to Ohio State. Don't go out here to USC and <laughs> And, you know, those schools, Alabama and Ohio State, were able to take advantage in the lack of culture at USC. And now, you know, that opening is getting ready to close. And USC have, might have a change with a couple brothers up there at quarterback. And it's something that USC hasn't seen in a long time. I think that will be another change that will take place because Lincoln going to put a little Kyler Murray in the Trojan jersey up there. Let's see. Did any of our wide receiver transfers the last two years have any elite upside? Uh, elite? What's elite? We got to talk about what's elite. Are we talking Devontae Smith elite? Or are we talking about a nice Chris Alave, you know, a, a very solid four-year receiver? Well, I mean. I think yeah. it look good with a Devontae. Can we get a Devontae? You probably can. <laughs> you probably can. I'm not about to sit here. It's not really the point of the trend losing the transfers is it's just not a good look. I think Jordan Johnson has a chance to be Jordan Johnson has a chance to be elite. Yeah, because he's huge. He has a chance to be elite. So I mean that answers your question directly. Yes, Jordan Johnson has a chance to be elite. And it's just not a good look to lose an All-American. Yeah, it's just not a good look. But then again, nowadays, All-Americans are jumping all over the place. Remember, Gunner Kill committed to three or four or five different schools before Notre Dame. Yeah. Went to three or four or five schools after Notre Dame. Yeah, that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Real Sports Talk with Alex. What's good, my man? What's up, Sean? Good morning, everyone. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, Alex B., you know, this is interesting. Can't you make Heartline wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator Reeves as OC and quarterback coach? Tommy's not going for that. Tommy is not. What? You know, how you know Tommy's already frustrated doing something like that the previous year. He ain't going for that now. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no goats. What's up, LL? What's good with it? Happy Tuesday, fellas. Go Irish, no doubt. Uh, Q Q Kids, 97. Let's address this receiver's room. We need guys. CJ Williams leaving the class made me more mad than Kelly leaving. We talked about this. We did like a full episode last night. So after today's show, go check it out. Check it out. You know, it's entitled The Lost Ones. You know, so... We talked about Devin Moore and C.J. Williams and why their situations are different and yes. why you have to feel yes. good about 
Malik Elzey and Carnell Tate being Midwest guys. Yeah, Midwest like, look, we we didn't feel any type of way. Yeah, because we never before. had him. He was no. just telling us he was coming. Yeah, we were like the backup plan. Like, as much as you might not like to hear that, we were the backup plan. Because he was like, they program is, is together. You know, at least I know yeah. I got some structure. USC has zero. Now right. they got a now they got a hero. Lincoln right. Riley, you know, he's gonna put something in there that right. they believe enough to decommit. Like, you know, he was trying to sneak out and USC hired Lincoln Riley and closed the door. Right? Bryce Young was was committed to USC. He's like, so if Bryce Young ain't even going, I'm not going. Right. But, you know, that, I think Malachi Nelson committing to USC. Was big. Was huge. Was huge, was huge for CJ. Because CJ go right down the street and be like, oh, okay, what'd you, what'd you see over there? <laughs> Literally right down the street. <laughs> what'd you, yeah, what'd you see? And then, and then he knows he can throw. So Malachi's probably in his ear like, man, he might as well come on home. That's an right. easy recruitment pick. Easy recruiting. So – once again, Long Beach Poly. My, I remember, I remember vividly like the recruitment of Juju Smith Schuster. And Notre Dame fans like, oh, we're in it. And I'm shaking my head like, dude, that's Snoop's alma mater, man. Yeah. That dude is not coming to Notre Dame. I know they got, I know USC got two really good re uh, receivers right now coming with a Ryan Pelham and a uh and a guy at Long Beach. So they got some guys that are coming in that are pretty special as well. So I know. It's going to look interesting for that Notre Dame defense going against USC in the years to come. Yeah, the pipeline is crazy. It's just like under Lou Holtz, the pipeline from Pennsylvania was crazy. It gave you Ricky Waters. It gave you Rocket Ismail. They just kept pulling guys from Detroit and pulling guys from Pennsylvania. So that's your philosophy. You have to establish your pipeline. What is your pipeline going to be? We might have to get a little receiver coach from California to 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 mix it up in that West Coast re recruiting game because I think that a lot of West Coast receivers do fit well with us. Yeah, we, we've shown some promise with EQ. Yeah, I think if we had a West Coast type of receiver coach, that could help as well. Sean Hunter, what's up, my guy? What's good with it? Go Irish. Sean Kelly says, "Solid four-year guy." Man, another question. This is for Malik or Sean. Why don't we get Tim Brown talent anymore at receiver? What happened or changed that talent hasn't wanted to come? I don't think talent has been an issue. Tim Brown's pretty special, so I don't think we can sit there and and and, and just find a Tim Brown laying around anywhere. Look, dude, Chase Claypool, Chase, Chase was cold. Chase probably should have been colder at Notre Dame. He should have been colder at Notre Dame. But and he's been very open about the things that he learned the first two weeks of camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers that he never learned in four years at Notre Dame from a development standpoint, just like press release, patience within his route, and how to get open. He learned all of that when he got to training camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never. Learned it, but you see receivers at Oklahoma. I mean, at uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, USC, the Josh Downs in North Carolina. Great, great patience in setting up his route, route running. Drake London, the same at USC, great route runner, difference maker. And Chase Claypool physically 
was just a great player because he was just bigger and stronger and faster than most players, you know? So. But we have to adjust the Chase thing too. Chase didn't grow up in the receiver culture where a lot of these guys are on YouTube, you know, around going to all these trainers and stuff. The kid came from Canada as a raw athlete that we turned into receivers. So his football knowledge started with Notre Dame and most of these kids' knowledge is developed through video games and highlights to their favorite player on YouTube. So uh, definitely from a development standpoint, there's a lot of things you're going to learn new in the league. But, you know, when you got a guy like Drake London, he's probably been playing Little League flag football forever and ever and ever. And those are moves that you really can't teach at these days. But those are some of the guys we should get. Those are some Mm -hmm. of the guys we should definitely get. I got Chief Brody. What do you foresee will be the biggest changes to the offense going forward now that Tommy Reese has more control? I think it would be more focused on who we have that are that are the star players of the offense. With Kyron missing and Michael Mayer probably leaving next year, it's going to give opportunities for who's going to be the main point of our offense this year. I think we'll see a lot of styles. I think we'll see a lot of uh, Tyler Buckner being more involved mm-hmm. in just the general offense. So you're going to have opportunity for young guys to make a lot of plays, especially with being more creative that Tommy's been doing more of. Tommy was more creative in that playoff game versus Clemson, even though we didn't win. Yeah. That first – I mean, he had it going until that Avery Davis drop that changed the game for us on offense. So That, that who? That drop by who? The guy that, the guy that we give him five seconds. We the give people's him champ? <laughs> the people's, people's champ? <laughs> So, yeah, I do think it's going to be more creative, but I think it'll be centered more around more guys in the offense. We don't have a particular Kyron like we did. We don't have a Michael Mayer that we know of yet. So you'll see the ball flying around to different people a lot more. Uh, Brian Dembo, love last night's show. We appreciate that, Brian. Totally agree with looking looking towards the future. That's all I'm going to say. I think he's he's referencing a discussion last night that we had about Avery Davis returning for a six year. And Notre Dame fans, you know, you guys were in a uproar talking about how much you love Avery Davis. And my whole thing was I'm not leveraging Avery Davis for a six year, a guy that didn't come as a wide receiver, who's only an inside. He can only play inside. I'm not leveraging him for one year against Jaden Thomas for two to three years, right? Because if Jaden Yeah, Cole, that's, a, that's, that's bad mathematics, you know? And, good. and what I can't appreciate, too, can't appreciate, too, is that we're not seeing uh, Marcus Freeman doing stuff that's not in his usual framework. He's not right. out here dancing with recruits or, or, you know, any type of crazy things that we're seeing other coaches do. So Coach Freeman sticking to his roots, and I think that genuineness is going to speak throughout recruiting. You know, he's not have to uh, put on a facade that he's now he's the head coach to, to be any different. D-Rock Iris, good morning to you. Good morning. Says he agrees. We need a pipeline coach out west. That's what you just talked about, bro. And that's, and that's kind of no different than, in, in, you know, how the NFL pick up players that the rival team cut. Yeah. You know, they, or they or they or they get guys, they pick up guys that used to know that offensive coordinator. You know, it's all strategic things. I think if anything, to have a guy out there that we can distract recruits away from, maybe not even go to USC or, or Notre Dame, but just don't go to USC. So maybe we get some guys like that. So are you confirming right now here on the Lucky Lefty podcast that Marcus Freeman has not reached out? <laughs> You know, hey, a dating connection is always intact. 
telepathy or whatever the case. We got something going on from a connection standpoint. <laughs> I got Joshua Nip. Elite wide receivers come with elite quarterbacks. Joshua, thank you. Thank you. We've been saying that since last night. Like, yo, get the quarterback, the wide receivers will come. Does See, anybody yeah, – I wonder if transfer train. portal people or receivers are thinking like, man, Tyler Buckner, I've seen his cannon out there. Maybe I want to go. And I think that just speaks to also – the lack of the lack of diversity he has been afforded on the offense. We haven't seen him roll around and get the chance to throw it behind his back or lead a, a two-minute drive, throwing the ball down the field. So these are the things that he missed that he would yeah. have if he was a regular starter throughout the season. Yeah. I got QK Q Kids 97 says offer Dante Moore and Carnell Tate a private island in the Caribbean. <laughs> they are package deal of a lifetime. Yo, like I said, man, this isn't 2022 isn't Marcus Freeman's class. Like if they hold on to the 22 guys they have, stay top five nationally, man, be happy with it. Yeah, you would love to get CJ and you would love to get Devin Moore back in the fold. Matter of fact, I wanted to reach out because the reports were that the rest of the commits were like calling CJ Williams trying to get him back in the class. And I want to call them like, man, let that dude go. Let him go. Let that man go. Let him go. <laughs> he don't want you. He doesn't want you. Let him go. It's like not calling that your ex-girlfriend. Want your ex-girlfriend back. No, let it go. Let it right. go. She cheated on you. Right. Let it, it ain't nothing there. Right. Ain't, nothing, ain't nothing there, man. Let it go. You know what I'm saying? She tell you to your face that you're good, and the next thing you know, she's out with the other with the next man. Like, yeah, no. she out with the next man. What a bozo. Yeah, let that go. I wanted to get to this question. I said I was going to let it chill until you got back. I'm looking forward now. Drunk Vigo, thank you, man. Thank you for smashing that like button. Don't forget, subscribe, share, like, subscribe, share, and like. John Monty, Marcus Freeman is going to bring a breath of fresh air to this team. What we needed for the longest time. I can't wait to see what the future brings. Go Irish Freeman factor. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you talking about shaking down the thunder. Marcus Freeman has the personality of somebody that looks like can do it. So I think that gives a lot of hope moving forward. I don't like I said, I, I like that he's been given Oscar award-winning speeches. Uh yeah. he, he definitely deserves some his PR guy is on point. So he's been saying and doing the right thing so far. Now it's just putting it on the field. All right, this is the one I saved for you. When you stepped away, Alex B says, if we lose out on a Morion <laughs> Walker, then it's time to panic. You know my feelings on that dude. Like, you up here flirting with Kansas State? What? Yeah, cat, the, you Man. a wildcat? Yeah, you a wildcat. Wild like, <laughs> Michigan is one thing. You out here posting pictures on Instagram in a Kansas State uniform. Yeah, you get, you get, no, you get no credit in the streets of recruiting. No. That's, not no, that's not no fire picture. That's not I'll no fire recruiting visit. After that, I definitely don't want you. <laughs> I definitely don't want you. Hey, Marcus Freeman might have to call you and take your offer back, man. You playing with, you know. You know, it's like that's like somebody trying to play games, right? Yeah. Trying to make you jealous. <laughs> like, that's the dude you're trying to make me jealous yeah, with? you ain't making me jealous with that, man. He... Trying to make me jealous with the Wildcats? <laughs> Manhattan, Kansas? Really? Okay. 
And you do got fun on that. You have fun out there, man. Yeah, do your thing. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, we know you're gonna be clicking your heels twice when you see <laughs> when you see us. <laughs> yeah. Dude. We not worried about no potential Kansas State recruit. <laughs> man, I could not believe Omar Austin. What's up, fam? I could not believe when I saw that on Instagram. Like, really, dude? Yeah, not a, not an attractive way to get our attention. Yeah, two days before signing day, and you out here posting pictures in a Kansas State uniform. Because you know Kansas State reposted it because because you was a potential recruit for us. Man, this is crazy. D Rock Iris like these girlfriend analogies. Hey, look, recruiting is <laughs> about a relationship, man. <laughs> Some of these look. Notre Dame 2022 recruits, stop calling these dudes. Yeah, stop calling them. We're the like, fine girl in school. You know, yeah. we, we're not like, worried about the non-populars. Yeah, it's like, understand who you are. <laughs> understand who you are. We are the attractive team. We getting picked first for dodgeball. We getting picked first for the prom. Right, we not we not we not dateless. We we don't we don't need to be desperate out here, fellas. You know what I'm saying? I can literally see <laughs> CJ. Walking out of his crib, walking down the street, ringing the doorbell, going in, playing video games in Malachi. Like, man, these dudes sweating me. Yeah, they sweating me. They, they got, I, I got them running. If I go to USC, we beating them up. We We're going to bang them anyway. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> it's like, dude, man, stop calling this, stop calling this dude. Because if he go to USC, he go remember. And he go think they go have a one up on us. Because they be like, remember, y'all was calling me like Steph called KD. Right. Right. <laughs> Like, say, stop, save that energy, put that call into the 313. 313, yeah. You ain't got to take a call, go take a trip. Yeah, go get you some good food up there, Facts. man. Sit down. I know his mom cooked something good. Facts. She's from Detroit, you know. Facts. Coach Kelly loved them short ribs. I know Marcus Freeman loved that soul food, <laughs> man. You know, I know. <laughs> he go over there on Sunday, catch him a good plate, man. Stop playing, Marcus Freeman. Hey, matter of fact, What's the best place? You know what? This is funny because this weekend, Myers Merriweather and his family went in for the official visit. And his dad, after practice, they watched practice and he said, yo, who has the best barbecue in town? And it was funny because a flood of all these places came in. What was your go-to spot to eat? Man, there's a place actually outside of the city uh, called Angel. I think it's called Angels, Angels uh, Soul Food, right outside of the city. Or you go to Frankie's on the west side of South Bend. It's like you got to go through downtown on the west side of South Bend. There's a place called Frankie's. has the best beef tips and fries you can get. Angels and Frankie's. Now, someone told me yesterday that the best breakfast spot, you know, and it's kind of cliche because it's a franchise, the best breakfast spot was the original uh, pancake house. Now, let me tell you, the original pancake house, don't go to the one that's close to campus. You got to go to the one in Mishawaka. They make the better scrambles. Look, I'm acting like a townie. I know all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting so they like make the my go-to at the original, I start out with the strawberries and cream. See, that's an underrated strawberries and cream set you right. Yes. That set you yes. right. It's the perfect way to start while they're cooking your food. Because by the time it comes out, you already ready for the food. You done got the, the flavor just right. 
And they, I'm telling you, they do the scrambles better. Not the one that's close to campus. That's the popular one because all the recruits, you know, good stuff. This the one that's close to the mall in Mishawaka. Search of Green 9, this is perfect. I can see Kansas headlines now. K-State shots Notre Dame, flipping star receiver commit. <laughs> like, man, dude, right. It's, that's perfect. That's that's exactly what the high headline was we saying. We're giving other people headlines, right. man. What are you talking about? Like, dude, we don't want that. Dude, if he wants to flirt with you, take him. You on mute, bro. Yeah, we don't do like like our boy Matt, 2011 GT said, we're the hot chick. Exactly. Like, yeah, we we the it girl. Right. We ain't worried about we ain't worried about the ones that's not it, especially if you go into the to the bottom of the bottom. I mean, right. hey, it's not a sexy recruiting pitch at Kansas State. I'm telling boy, you, you started something. Boy, you started something. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Frankie's all day, boys. <laughs> yeah. DBZ, our girl said all day. Eugene Williams, Frankie's baby. Tip dinner, sauce on fries, and bread. Yeah, I'm on telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> the spot. The spots. Tell his dad. Tell the Merryweather's dad. That's where you got to go. Yo, I already told. Already told DBZ and Eugene offline, like, yo, I'll be in most games. I'm gonna be coming to town a lot. So we gotta get up. I'm going, I'm definitely hitting up Frankie's. Yeah, we gotta go to Frankie's. I, I got it is it is right, is exactly how you would think it looks. <laughs> That's the best though. The worst looking restaurants get you the best food. That's 100. Let's see. Everyone in Detroit goes to IHOP for breakfast like it's going out of style. Chief Brody. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, IHOP is the perfect late night spot, though. It's a good, I like Denny's better because they give a grittier feel. You know, you get a sketchy, uh, sketchier cast of characters. In, in yeah, unless you're in the South and then you hit up the Waffle House. And the hot Waffle House is hit or miss, depending upon which one you go to. Uh, I know a lot of people have come to say, man, we really don't like it. Here's another one. Chill 21777, Metro Diner in Mishawaka. Metro Diner is definitely fire. It's definitely a warm-up to, 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 to the discovering, like, the best places in South Bend. So yeah. Metro Diner is a good place, definitely on the docket. DBZ said we got to get that mixed sauce when you go to Frankie's, though. Got to get that mix sauce. Got to get that mix because the thing is, the spicy with the regular just goes just real nice, real nice. I'm telling you, Frankie's is an underrated spot in South Bend. <laughs> I think it's somewhere we should take all our recruits to show them that you can fit in here. You can fit in with a nice Frankie. Man, I am, uh, I'm amped. I'm amped. Searcher Green had the, man, had the comment of the day, dude. That would be, I can see it in the Manhattan newspaper right now, dude. K-State flips four-star receiver from Notre Dame. Like they think it'll make their recruiting trip. Like make the world on fire. Class. They stole a Notre Dame prospect. That's they whole. That's what they live for. Stevie Williams said he can have fun losing in K-State. We'll keep on with that golden standard. They'll beat Oklahoma though. You know they may they'll win. They'll beat Oklahoma here and there. 
And Chief Brody also said this to me, if he's going to state visits, it's more about him just having fun on visits. I legit thought he wanted Michigan. Ain't nobody want to go to state for real. Well, Chief Brody, look, does, this is a question. Does Michigan want him? There's a Michigan lot. Might, Michigan might get bougie now. Yeah. They might think they are top five and looking for the, the, the all-star, all-star. It's the same thing with Cohen and Trigger, right? The guy you did the cutting room floor film on, go check that out. Malik put in work on Cohen and Trigger a late offer in the 2022 class. He could be coming into the class. His connections to Michigan, but, you know, he's going on recruiting trips elsewhere because Michigan really hasn't made an offer. Yeah, the kid, and his senior film is, is ridiculous. His senior film is great. So it's like, you know, if, if they playing games, come on home, man. That's all. Come on home. Yo, DBs, he says, Sean, just pull up. You'll fit right in. Hey, make sure we got to reach out to the pot to uh Tobias Merriweather, Merriweather's pops. We'll <laughs> let them know, like, hey, Frankie's tips, fries, mixed sauce. Now, mixed sauce. That's it. Funny. And they give you a nice piece of white bread, man. You know, the bread fit right in with it, man. I'm telling you. Will they burn the tips for you? Hey, they, they made the order, they a la carte. What they say, they a la carte. <laughs> Hey, they may be in the in the in the west side, but they they the good side, man. Ian Timmerman, Nick's patio has great breakfast. We would go up there every time we visit my sister at Indy. Nick's patio is a classic indie spot. They got their own homemade ranch. I love their wings. They even got though a it's homemade a side. ranch. Homemade ranch. They make it in the back. That's what they famous for. Well, they got some good hot wings. They gotta have some. You got homemade. The wings ranch. are really good. They they I think they do a little. They boil them or something. They do something okay. special with the wings. But the breakfast goes hard. You can have it at all times of types of times during the day. You'd never be disappointed with Nick's patio breakfast. Gotta get that. Man. Once again, Lucky Level Podcast. John Davis at SD2 Mics. We ask you guys, let's get to the poll question. Uh, look at the results before we let you go. That poll question was who will be the breakout player for Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl? The options were Lorenzo Styles Jr. at wide receiver, running back Logan Diggs. Lamont Henderson on the defensive side of the ball or Tyler Buckner. And then we gave you other as an option as well. With 59% of the vote, Logan Diggs ran away with the voting. Coming in second at 29%, Lorenzo Styles Jr. And Tyler Buckner came in third at 8% of the vote. Always look for our votes and our polls every day, LL Nation, on the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube page. You'll see it right there. We'll drop another one a little bit later today. Uh, let's see. DBZ say, yeah, Knicks is fire too. Yeah, I'm telling you, um, I really hope Tyler Buckner gets the MVP. You know, I, I really yeah. hope he's the, the standout player for the game because that will set great confidence moving forward. I mean, you know, him not being an MVP, I just think that's an indictment on what we're not looking for. We're looking for a guy that is – that superstar factor for our team, and it has to be the quarterback position. I know Logan Diggs is going to have a huge hand with Kyron sitting out. Yeah. i love to see how Logan gets in there. But Styles' whole thing is based on uh, Tyler Buckner. So if Tyler Buckner does great, Styles will be great. Yeah, Jaden Thomas has looked great. Uh, according to the reports, Tyler Buckner is throwing the ball much better in practice. Um, hey, the future's looking bright. Looking good. Looking bright. Just chill. Let's just let it 
You know what I'm saying? Marcus Freeman, he's, he's going to spin it different. Can you stay in the rain? You yeah. Know? Can you stay in the little rain out there? Yeah. So just, you know, let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Paul Moore says, big indie fan from Alabama. Shout out to you, Paul. Thanks for checking in. Can we talk about fans in Notre Dame Stadium telling other fans to sit down? Also fans selling their tickets to Cincinnati fans and Georgia fans. First of all, I can tell you this. Don't tell me to sit down. Not if I paid for the ticket. Yeah, not not yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my money. You're not, you're not telling me to sit nowhere. <laughs> and it's not gonna be nice. Yeah, you you worry about the wrong things. You want a problem right. instead of a instead of a good time. You know what I mean? Like sit down. Like, man, if you want to see, you stand up. <laughs> I don't need to sit down. You stand up. Are we gonna be both standing on the problem? Like, man, sit down. Nah, <laughs> not the kid. And then look, man. The whole thing with the Cincinnati and Georgia tickets, yo. We we talked about that. We talked about that on a previous <laughs> podcast, man. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. The, which green is more important? <laughs> I'm not mad, man. Look, if I had a ticket and I had season tickets and somebody offered me five stacks per ticket. Yeah, like what are we talking about? Man. I could go to little CJ's pub right across the street. I'm asking if, uh, man, do they want to, you know, rent out the condo <laughs> on Eddie Street too? It's like, yo, you can have everything. What you want? It's a whole package deal. It's a whole bundle. You get the whole bundle. Put money in my pocket. But I get it because you want a raucous atmosphere and you just don't want it. The Georgia well, Cincinnati, game. The Cincinnati game, I would assume that we was going to win. You know what I mean? That's so the whole I would thing. Mind, I wouldn't mind selling the ticket if I'm feeling like we're going to win. That's the whole thing, right? Because you have both sides. Like when the stadium is full, it's not as loud as it should be. And people are telling you to sit down. And then, you know, we allow other fan bases to come in and buy tickets. The atmosphere doesn't really change because it's really not a raucous atmosphere. It's just not. I don't think Notre Dame has truly been raucous like that probably since Lou Holtz, the Lou Holtz days. And hopefully Marcus Freeman can get it back up and going. But yeah, they haven't been they haven't been rocking since I would say the Michigan game when we beat them 37 to 6, 2014, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a pretty raucous momentum because we almost shut them out. So yeah. That's the last time I can remember. Other than that, I mean, we usually winning. So it's not like it's been a crazy, crazy environment. See, boy, this cat Eugene is getting me fired up, bro. He said, Oh, yes. You can request well, and they would throw them ribs back on the brick fire for a bit. <laughs> and he must have went yesterday or something because he, he too descriptive. <laughs> right, you know? so, right, right. The, the package is still on the dining room table. Like, yo, <laughs> I didn't even throw it away yet. Yeah, how do you? The sauce still on the table, man. I know. I already know. Hey, Frankie's. It really has set you in a good mood, man. I'm telling you. Oh, oh, <laughs> be busy. You're crazy. I know where the penny candy spot is. <laughs> <laughs> See, Sean, you might have to get a little condo out there, man. Look. I might have to, man. <laughs> Kick it with my people. What about trade wins and Mr. Walker? Oh, man. I mean, I guess trade wins is cool. Isn't that the casino? Trade I mean, wins casinos usually yeah, have casino. food. They got oh, some good food. You yeah, know? casinos. I, I probably won't be doing the, the buffet anymore in life. Vegas got some good buffets, though. 
I still won't be doing a buffet ever again in life, bro. Really? Nah. <laughs> it's nasty. It's nasty anyway. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, it's dependent. You know, I just don't like when 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 people allow their young children just to walk up there. By that's the only at the Golden Corrals and the Ponderosas and stuff. You can't you can't be going to them. You know. I got Omar, Omar Austin said that film work Malik showed on Cohen Entringer was unreal. Dude is so fast it almost looked fake. See, that's that's good. We need guys that look look fast like that, and especially versatile players like a Cohen. Something that he can he can confuse offenses to not know what one week is he playing defense, one week is he playing uh safe uh, uh receiver or whatever. So being able to have him versatile like that would be a good mix with a guy like a JD Bertrand who in one week may play more in the box and Cohen plays outside and then vice versa, they can switch. Uh I don't know if this is true. Richard Green Nine said the ushers will tell you to sit down and threaten to kick you out. If you don't, never seen that any other place than Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame hires their indie ushers from the Secret Service because the way they protect them seats and, and make sure you're not in there anywhere you're not supposed to be is something that's top-notch. Uh, Search the Green 9, why are you thinking Buckner would play much? I didn't say he would. We just put him as an option in the poll. <laughs> like, as a breakout star, right? There's only so many people that will break out that really haven't been doing much during the regular season anyway. So he was just one of those options. Yeah, I mean, I hope Tyler plays a lot. Shoot, I hope he played a whole game. You know, I hope he plays enough to be able to get this victory and it be because of him. And I just think that just means a lot. Now, I love Jack too, uh, but it just depends on the game. I think we'll win, but it'll start with Jack and hopefully end with Buckner. Are you conceding that OSU D-line is going to get to Cone and that we're going to have to go to Buckner? No. No, we just, once again, just explaining. He would, Jack Cone wouldn't be a breakout star. We're talking about breakout stars, guys that really haven't broken out and haven't given you heavy production that might do it in the bowl game. And those were the options. Uh that's right. Share, like, subscribe. Let people know we spin it different. Yo, we're the best to do. We don't understand. We haven't even hit our peak yet. We're getting better. We haven't even hit our peak yet. We're getting better. We have something special for you for signing day tomorrow. And we'll keep you posted on Twitter. If you follow us at Lucky Lucky Lefty Pod on Twitter and Instagram, um, We'll let you know because we might not be on early tomorrow because all of the uh, letters of intent won't start rolling in until around 8. So there's no reason for us to talk to you guys that early. We'll wait to see, you know, who really sends in their uh, fax tomorrow. Do they still fax or is it email, bro? Well, right now they do it on social media. So I guess we catching the updates on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> they used to have the ticker and you have to fax it in and they, you know, but now everything's so digital. And I think they just going to announce it on their phones. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Mancino's Italian. All right. Uh, I don't know about Mancino. I know about Portillo's though. <laughs> An Italian beef sandwich go crazy. Uh, Anthony Solomon said night games have been electric. Night games have been great, um, you know, for us, especially because we're playing them every week. So 
I think once we get uh that electric QB in there, I think Tyler can be that maybe. We'll see how it changes the culture. Carnivorous lunar activity. I got that. Notre Dame Stadium is an attraction for tourists, not a hostile environment like we need. It's definitely not hostile because too many good loving pictures and the grass cut too nice, you know. So hostile will have to just be us applying the pressure on <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Brian Deembo said, Look, no man, then turn in with cooking with Sean. This is Malik <laughs> and everybody in the South Bend area talking about the places they love to go. That's right. That's right. I was just saying Tobias Merriweather's father is huge on barbecue. We need to make sure he has a spot when he comes in. That's all he I'm got saying. One. And he got one for sure. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm looking out for Papa Mer Mer Merriweather. Uh, let's see. We're almost done. Uh, let's see. Somebody maybe can help him out. LL Nation. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Said a man. He's thinking about a restaurant on Logan. Oh, shoot. Logan looks so different now. They probably got all type of restaurants now. Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to get my computer back right. Get back in the <laughs> yeah, studio. Your boy, your boy Lucky Lefty has computer issues right now. Everybody's wondering why he's on the phone. Computer that cracked the, crack the computer screen. Now I got to get on the phone. I'm going to get it right for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god QK Ips 97 cancel mustard pans 2022 hey man look leave leave Brian Kelly alone oh I got something for you bro you missed this yesterday I saved this for you you know we talked to Chris Fink and Friday I asked you guys the question of the day was let's see Bring it back up. The question of the day was who was the best hooper? Oh, no yeah. Man. You saw the recruit that was hooping. So, look, we can get right to it. You tell me, would he, would he have a chance? This is Eli Raritan, tight end recruit. Tell me if he has a chance against McGlinchey. Wait a minute. I'm a, I'm a, I'll, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll rewind it for you. Sets the screen. Dribble, power dribble. All right. Look, Mike's oh. blocking that shit in the stands. He's putting it in the locker. <laughs> when I tell you this, this man, Mike, should have played basketball for real. He should have played basketball for real. Mike, first of all, first of all, he's not spinning Clear and space. doing all this. It's like, yeah, that, that looks amazing. But he's not no. Mike is six nine three hundred. Who is he doing that to? <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. But you know, the kid looked aggressive, and that's what we need at Notre Dame. Some aggressive players. Oh, more. We appreciate you, man. Go Irish. Go Irish. That's right. So we, man, we are close. Uh, you know, to meeting all of our requirements for you guys consent. So you guys can give us super chats and continue to tell people about the podcast. We're this close. <laughs> To being able to have a super chat we're getting better uh hopefully i'll have some uh great news for you guys in the coming weeks about how we're going to be moving the brand forward and uh we'll definitely be getting some merchandise out in the beginning of the year we spend it different and we want you all to spend it different for your life each and every day never settle different baby 
greater is in front of you. So spin it different and go grab it. Uh, yeah, DBZ, Brian was being a hater. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, oh, man, somebody, <laughs> Matt, 2011 GT. Yeah, man, that Metro PCS phone ain't cutting. It ain't cutting. It ain't giving us the quality we need yet, but that's okay. We get we going to get it fixed, man. I'm going to go down to Geek Squad, man, at Long Beach and get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we literally – I have covered all of the breaking news and talked about the connective tissue between Notre Dame's quarterback room, wide receiver room. We want you guys to go back. If you missed it, please go back and watch the show from last night with the breaking news of C.J. Williams and what was really going on with that. We threw in and sprinkled in a little bit of Devin Moore, but we're here to tell you, all is not lost. Malou all is Anderson not lost. And Carnell Tate, 2023, help is on the way. Don't worry about it. Help is on the way. It's, it's coming. It's, it's coming. It's coming. And we don't have to worry about them being prima donnas, missing home and all of that stuff and want to play close to home. Close to home is Notre Dame. And they're right there. Yeah, they're right, right there. Right there in the backyard. And it's another DB that runs a 4-2 out of Kankakee. That Man, they get faster and faster, boy. Oh, my goodness. Next cutting room floor will be Christian Gray out of St. Yep. Louis. Malik's going to be dropping that. Sometime is it later today? Later oh, today, yeah. I have, yeah, later today. So, Christian Gray out of St. Louis, that cutting room floor is next up. So, <laughs> Caesar said, No more prepaid phones from Walmart. No <laughs> more prepaid phones. We're getting off of that. We're getting that new technology. Hey, we love, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget, subscribe, share, like. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Stay tuned to tomorrow. our social media. We'll let you know what time we'll be going live tomorrow on signing day, early signing day. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Spin it different today. Go Irish. Go Irish, baby.